Hello listener, I'm Nina Gray and this is a Scientycast. This week we're talking to Robert Williamson about software engineering. Robert Williamson has been a software engineer for over 30 years. After a degree in computer studies and a master's in maths and operational research at the University of North London, he has worked as a consultant to IBM, Alcatel, ITT, Northern Telecom, as well as with various government departments on security, which we're tantalisingly not allowed to talk about. Robert, that's quite a CV. Welcome to the show. So how did you get into computers? Well, it's a very long time ago. Unfortunately, at my advanced age, it's difficult to remember everything that's happened in the past. But at uh, school, there was a new A-level that's just been created called A-Level in Computer Science. It was new in those days. It was mainly uh, maths, what's called numerical methods, which is a type of maths which is used to actually tackle engineering problems, like directories of things, if there's a missile launch, how do you actually track it and so on. That sounds very scientific, but um, uh, that absolutely fascinated me because I've always been interested in science and the aspects of that. So I thought, well, okay, I'll try that. So can you give us a taster of what you get up to as a software engineer? Um, digital switches. What's a digital switch? A digital switch, that's uh, to handle data communication. So it's part of the internet, yeah? So it handles data from our PC here that switches it off to another computer, yeah? It has to go through something that says, right, where do these packets go? <laughs> you know, every time we communicate on a computer, lots and lots of packets of data go off to the local exchange, and then that local exchange communicates with another local exchange. I look at each packet, where does it want to go? And it's all happening in, in, in billionths of a second. So that was just like the hubs in between the cables? Yeah, yes, essentially, yeah. So that particular project, the aim was to upgrade the entire, well, let's say European network. Not every customer bought our switches, because there was competitors. But um, the aim was to provide um, an infrastructure where data could be transferred around Europe at high speeds. Yeah, and that, that's essentially, um, once you've got the digital switches in, you can you can upgrade other aspects of it, i.e. fiber optic cables, yeah? So it's like a hub? Yeah, exactly, yeah, like, like a super hub, yeah, like a super hub. So I worked on the international exchanges as well, where um, there were communication via the satellites uh, in those days um, with, with America. We had all sorts of problems there, because in the States, they use a different set of criteria for... Uh, describing the, how the data shifted around, and then that had to be interfaced with how the European does it. So what would be good skills to have if you're going to be a software engineer? Must have ability for logical thinking. As far as the work I've said, a background in maths is really, really useful, I found, because it does help you to think uh, in puzzles. I mean, one's got to be very, very organised, very, very organised. That does help. One's got to be able to concentrate, because almost all the things I've touched upon one thing it doesn't require is concentration. So um, quite a few of these things I've talked about, one needs to concentrate for weeks, if not months, on a particular problem. And especially if you're producing software, some people can rat- rattle off thousands of lines of code a week. I-, I was probably in the league of just a few hundred lines a week, but some people just haven't got the ability. Robert's got an ebook out on Amazon on a completely different topic. It's called nature's amazing life forms and it's yours for a meager £1.30. So how long would something that you'd worked on last before it had to be updated or rewritten by someone else? 
<laughs> that's a good question. <laughs> that's a very good question. It depends. It depends. I mean, the uh, certainly the digital switches I worked on, they're still in operation, certainly on the British network. But in saying that, don't forget, when I originally said most of these large-scale systems are hundreds, in some cases thousands of components, and there's always scope for upgrading. Because a certain aspect of it may have been upgraded doesn't mean that the bit you worked on has changed. Yeah, you know? bit tricky to say. I think uh, it's fair to say, Neil, most of the projects I worked on, except for the ones that have been cancelled, there's a legacy. There's always a legacy there, especially on on communication systems. Because, as I said, I was rather lucky to start start when digital data transfers was starting to happen. It, everything's been built on. <laughs> but there's a kind of legacy out there. Well, we found out it was rather exciting because it wasn't here. This was in Antwerp, Belgium. Perk of the job, travelling. I was working on um, operating systems for the, what's called a message switching system, which, again, has been superseded by the internet. But that was for a particular customer that, that didn't communicate with, um, with the rest of the world. It was only for that particular customer's network. That project, unfortunately, got cancelled after two years, and the operating system that I was working on actually got um, put forward for the uh, space shuttle. All right, OK. It's quite cool. Isn't that cool? So every time... <laughs> every time <laughs> I mean, I didn't do that much coding on it, but uh, every time there was a little shuttle launch, I used to think, oh, my, one of my bits of lines of software is, is, is working away up there. <laughs> That's a nice thought. <laughs> So when you're working on stuff that you can't talk to anyone about, how does that feel? <laughs> you feel important? Well, I'm used to it by now. <laughs> I'm used to it. I think one gets the ability just to shut that off completely. It's almost like, um, um, I don't describe it, it's almost like a barrier, a wall you just put up in your brain. <laughs> well, I'm not actively trying to get you in trouble, so I think we'll stop there. Robert Williamson, thank you very much. Okay, Neil, no problem. Bye for now, listener. We'll see you again soon in two weeks' time when we're straying out of science and into academia when we'll be speaking to Tracy Sorensen about journalism.